0: Welcome to the Living Stones podcast. These are a recording of our Sunday morning meetings. We pray that these will be a blessing to you. So please enjoy listening. If you want to know more, please contact us at office at livingstoneschurch.co.uk Well, good morning Living Stones. I think it's time to try and call you rabble to order and get our morning underway. Sunday morning service. Welcome to our visitors this morning. Um, I'm Justin, I am part of the body here, I also have the pleasure of being uh, the children's and youth worker for the church and this morning I'll be leading us through our cafe church so be prepared to be involved, this is um, definitely a body worship service this morning Uh, so I hope you've all got your brains switched on. Uh, Before we go any further I want to say thank you to Natalie Uh, for some brilliant cakes provided this morning. (laughs) Very kind of you. I think if we continue in this vein, we're going to have to um, set up our own church slimming club. Um, (laughs) Go in competition with Slimming World. We'll be on the Tuesday. They can be on the Wednesday. Right. Let's pray and open our service, then I'm going to hand over to Ellie to lead us in our worship. Father, thank you that we are free and safe to come and worship you together this morning. That we're not cowering for fear of our lives because of events that are happening around us or because we're in a culture where we are not allowed to meet to worship your name. Thank you that we are in person and not reliant on technology to meet so that actually we can interact with each other the way you created us to. I pray that your Holy Spirit this morning meets with us and will learn something new about you, about each other, and something we can put in practice for your gospel during this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Ellie.
1: came to me all about, um, uh, about Jesus really and his salvation and the love that God has for us um, in sending his son um, and that he is our king um, and that he saved us and rescued us Um, And so uh, when after in the middle of songs uh, as our praise and worship, let's just rejoice um, for what God has done for us, because it is incredible. Let's stand and sing. uh, Light has dawned that ever shall blaze. Darkness flees away. Thank you father thank you that you have done that for us you came to earth you sacrificed your life but uh, because you loved us and because you reign you reign in heaven you reign on earth Lord I proclaim you my king you are the one I want to follow you are the one who reigns supreme in my life I want you to be my king and I am your servant Thank you, Father, for just doing it all for me. I don't need to actually do anything. You have done it. Thank you, Father. Amen.
0: Thank you, Eddie. Thank you, Emily. And thank you, Chloe, flying solo on our tech this morning. Well done. Um, I love that bit in Praises Rising, reminding us that we are all broken, but we become unbroken in God's love, forgiveness and grace. And we, we can all become something beautiful and new in that. So... For our visitors we've got this morning, um, you might have noticed that we are a little bit informal, uh, Livingston Tones. Um, this layout, we, we devised this for what we call Cafe Church, which is this um, Sunday, which is a morning where, as a church family, we all learn together, and that's the children in as well. So all our activity this morning is designed for us to learn together. Um, and we have been looking... Uh, for all of this year, I think, at Paul's missionary journeys. Uh, And Ellie leads uh, one month, I lead the other month. Um, And we are getting to what Axe tells us is the end of leg two, which when you look at it, is really confusing because Paul is still out there. He's still in the middle of um, Asia Minor, really, that sort of area. And then leg three kicks in. So we're looking at the end of what they call uh, leg two. Last month we were introduced to two new characters um, in Ellie's section of this leg which was Aquila and Priscilla. And I'm going to recap a little bit on them for an activity which everybody is going to be involved with. Now the Bible tells us that these two were tent makers. And they had been expelled from Rome when Rome decided to... They didn't want any of the Jewish people within their city anymore. So they got sent out. And Paul met them. And we're told that they had something in common, which was making tents. And they sat and made tents together. On your tables, there are two cups. In one cup, you've got glue, uh, cocktail sticks, bits of pieces, some string... And a couple of pairs of scissors. In another cup, you have got um, pens. And you have got three templates of three tents of varying difficulties to make. Now, the Bible tells us these three made tents. But while they made tents, they sat and spoke to each other. They chatted about the things of faith and life. So this is how these two learn about the gospel. So, if you're not with a table, you need to move your chairs and join a table. And while you are deciphering the three tents, each page is a separate tent. And making a tent, I'd like you to talk to each other. Find something about each other that perhaps you do not know. And then we're going to be the big reveal... And see our tents. Okay, so who has a completed tent that they would like to hold in the air and say, Look what i Hey! We have one here from Young Olivia. You've done really well. She went for the most complicated design. Anybody else got one to hold up? That's... Sue has got a uh, sunroof on hers. <laughs> Penny's got one holding up over there. Says so Mandy. Yay, one there from Sandy. Sandy's got the most complicated one done as well. Johnny's still cutting. Rich has got one. Jeanette's almost there. So, You can continue making your tents if you're going to listen. But did you find anything interesting or different about the person you're working with? Did you have the chance to chat and catch up? (laughs) Yes, Mandy? Okay, so we have one table who's discovered that some are better at following instructions than others. (laughs) And they want the pictures rather than the instructions. (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure whether lazy or indifferent is coming into calling people names. I'm not sure. Um, Yeah, it's not an IKEA tent system. It's not in Swedish. And there was no allen bolts. So nobody should have blisters. But the thing is, I gave you an activity to do, which... If you like, it's the sort of thing I would do in Sunday school. Hence, our kids just got on and made it. But I also gave you another talking to each other. Now, for me, the object to this is, the secondary point was making the tent. The primary point was for you to start talking to each other. Because, and this is the point I want you to remember from this little bit of activity... We have been looking at Paul and Paul talking to loads of people in the marketplace when he was in Athens, defending the faith. Paul talking to churches and setting churches up, discipling people. But here we have a story which starts with Paul sitting with two people rebuilding their lives as refugees, starting their trade, and while talking to them, educating them about the way of Jesus and introducing them to the faith. Could not possibly be more apt than now. Sitting with people in possibly the mess of their lives and just finding them, sharing the things of Jesus. And this is the model that we're going to look at when we actually come to look at our verses. Um, Because these two people then go do exactly the same with someone else. So, there's your introduction to this morning's scriptures. While you're still fiddling around with your bits of paper, we are going to do the notices. So, this is where you can fiddle with your hands and listen with your ears. Um, if you don't receive Martin's uh, weekly email, which really have all our notices on them in the hope that we don't have to reread them every Sunday, please speak to Martin and get yourself signed up. Because on this week's email, you will find there are two ways which Martin's identified how we can help Ukrainian people. Um One is VAR Computers for Charity, who does an awful lot more than its name says. And the other one is Hope Libiden. That's there on the newsletter. Uh, Oh, that's a bit about today. We're here already. Uh, Tomorrow night is the test me night, which we access on Zoom. Uh, I'm reportedly told by Martin that this guy who is talking tomorrow is a well-renowned cricketer. I think that's a ball with a bat. In a set of stumps, I don't know, um, but whether he hits a used you know, to hit a ball for his life, I don't know. His story will be one of real change when he met Jesus. We can be sure of that. So details are there on the zoom. Um, where are we? Then we have. We spoke about faith and hope in our worship. On Saturday, the 19th of March, at Victoria Baptist Church, there's some flies over in the table for this. Um, there's an event called Faith, Hope and Forgiveness. Uh, some of you may remember the story of a young lady in 2016 who died after having an allergic reaction to a sesame seed in a well-known sandwich chain sandwich, which wasn't declared. This is the story of her family and their fight and then what has happened since. Um, It will be a really interesting evening. Uh, It looks like, yeah, book online for free. So there are flyers over there. Uh, We would encourage you to go. Details are on the um,
2: news sheet. Mr. Kelly. Thank you, Mr. Reyes. Um Just a very quick thank you actually to everybody who was praying yesterday for me, Kaz Martin, and Sue, as we met at Ashburnham to discuss uh, the kind of conclusion of this forty and uh, what the next forty years by the grace of God might look like um what we didn't do was ask for prayer cover for Ashburnham to actually be open, so we actually had to meet in the church hall on the site rather than the uh, rather than the building itself, but that was no problem once it once it warmed up by about half past ten we were nice and cozy. but what we did do is we had two or three hours of really good discussions about where we are at the moment obviously the leadership team has changed shape quite considerably over the last six weeks or so Uh, we'll change shape again at the end of June when Martin and Sue step down so really um, talked about potential things the Lord might have in store for us and potential routes we might go down also talked about what we might need to do if the Lord's timing uh, doesn't coincide with ours and we're actually still uh, in the position we are now post-June and what we'll do is we'll come back to you on the 27th of March at the church meeting uh, where we'll set out our current thinking, um, set out where we're looking to go and obviously um, talk you through more about that and obviously some specific prayer points will come out of that. Is that everything? I think I kept it. Yeah, great. Thank you, Justin.
0: Right, Chloe, can I have my slide, please? Secret agents one, please. My slide. That one. Okay, we launched this last week. We are bringing back Holiday Club for 2022. Uh, Three days in the week running up to Easter. Uh, We, this week, have got flyers ready, designed to go out. We have got sign-up forms ready for those who want to sign up. Uh, We are pitching it at... uh, Junior and secondary school age groups are topping off at year six. I need a team to come and have fun, um, craft activities, Bible stories, singing, dancing, laughter, sweets, coffee, for those who are, you know, survive the days for coffee. Um, it will happen here. It will happen downstairs, which will be converted into our secret spy layer uh few far some copious amounts of work. If you are available and want to be part of the team, can you spare me a maximum of 10 minutes after the service? So we can just meet and have a chat because there will be things also that I will need help with before we get to that time because it is only about four and a bit weeks away. Um, It's written. We have got that done this week. Uh, So we know where we're going. It's just all the other creative stuff. So... I need help, and I also need you, church, to be praying. Because the reason why we're capping at year six is we have got a big influx of year four, fives, and sixes on a Friday night at us. We will be marketing this directly at them to see if they will come and join us in something which is other than our Friday night youth club, where we can be more deliberate about what we believe. Uh, and then we'll need you praying that they will grasp that and perhaps want to join us for what we do on a Sunday. Either way, we are sowing seeds. We have been given a harvest field, which is ripe for sowing at this moment in time because we've got lots of kids who are listening and are engaging with us. So church, help and prayer. Uh, That will be our notices. And I think before I say it's time to reveal your coffee cups, we'll get our offering sorted and then we'll move on to our next part. So, if you're a visitor today, uh please do not feel obligated. Um this is a, a family um offering which goes round. If you are part of the family, we will start this way and this way. Uh we recognise you don't always give in cash, but thank you for your giving for extending God's work. Please Consider being generous and give uh, children to say are you listening to me. No, they're not. making tents. That's my fault because I gave them stuff to do. Come on, Jesse, you can come hold, hold this one up. So this is for the kids that we um, help sponsor in Uganda. Well, I tell you what, well then hold it? Why don't you take it around to all our young people and then bring it back? While we do this, this goes round, I'm going to pray for the offering, and then we will move on. Father, I thank you. That you are a generous God. Not only with your love and with your forgiveness and with your grace, but with provision. Um, And you provide for all our needs and then abundantly more. I pray that you will take our offering and multiply it where it needs it. Guide those who help the decisions of where this offering then goes. And when it goes out, multiply it again so that your work and your kingdom can be glorified, extended, and that if it goes to help, where help is needed, your spirit follows. Take this offering as an outpouring of our love and our gratefulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Right, this is the time I'm going to invite you to go refill your coffee cups and... We fill your stomachs if you need more cake, and then we will get on to using some brain food. Right, ladies and gentlemen, can I ask you to regain your your seats, or even swap seats to a different table? But we are going to move on. Uh, Right, so my group have been given um, their cafe church pack, which looks at the character we're going to introduce. So the verses we are now looking at are Acts chapter 18, verses 24 to 28. It's not a massive amount of scripture, and it is all on the sheet on your table. Uh, I would like someone... To volunteer to read it out, please. Anybody going to stick their hand up to read for me this morning, so we can get a microphone to you? Thank you very much, Sandy. I'm reading this. One. Yeah. Yeah. This is Acts
3: 18 verses 24 to 28. Priscilla, Aquila, and Apollos is the title. Paul stayed on in Corinth for some time. Then he left the brothers and sisters and sailed for Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. Before he sailed, he had his hair cut off at Kencrea, because of a vow he had taken. They arrived at Ephesus where Paul left Priscilla and Aquila seasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to spend more time with them, he declined. But as he left, he promised, "I will come back if it's God's will." Then he set sail from Ephesus. When he landed at Caesarea, he went up to Jerusalem and greeted the church and then went down to Antioch. After spending some time in Antioch, Paul set out from there and traveled from place to place throughout the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. When Apollos wanted to go to Acacia, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. When he arrived, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed, for he vigorously refuted his Jewish opponents in public debate, proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah.
0: So, here we go. So, here's our story base for this morning. I've got a couple of thoughts to put in your brains, and then, really, I'm going to set you the task of discussing it. The first part, 18 to 23, you know, we have Paul doing his stuff, going from one place, reasoning with the Jews in the synagogue, defending Jesus, spreading the word of the gospel, setting up believers, moving on to the next town. They're saying, oh, please stay with us for longer. No, I will come back if that's what God wants me to do because I'm now going there. And this was Paul's model. We have seen this time and time again now. And he has taken these two people who he's met and spent time making tents and chatting and building a relationship with, with him as his next two sets of... Disciples, or the traveling companions. But then they separate. And Paul sets off again. And we are introduced to this new character, this man called Apollos. And we're told one or two bits of information. We're told that he is a Jew, and he comes from Alexandria. My brain's going, Jew Alexandria. Alexandria was a trading port in Egypt at the top of the River Nile, depending which way you look at your map. But they they would say it would be the top because it's their trading port. In Alexandria, there was a large community of Jews who had settled. So we are, if you read some of the um, concordancies which, you know, go do their historical um, deep dive and all that sort of thing, we can find out that in Alexandria, we're talking like not just a small three or four families who may be Jewish traders. We're talking a big Jewish community, the sort of community that would have had an effect on the city, a community that actually would view themselves as big as a Jewish community as if they were still in the work. And it's in this nature that Apollos was brought up with all the training and teaching a young Jewish boy would have had. Now, we are told that he was instructed with a thorough knowledge of the Scriptures. That basically means that he would have been a student of the local rabbi. Because if you look at this, all Jewish boys get instructed in the Scriptures. But the ones which then show um, promise, if you like, get deeper instruction, and they become the rabbi's disciples. So it's no surprise then that Jesus used the word disciples for his followers who was deeper instructing. So it's not a massive leap then to work out that Apollos had deeper training and instruction in the Old Testament than most of the lads he grew up with, because he showed promise. We're also told that he is very eloquent, especially if you look at one or two of the other uh, translations. It's verse 25. He'd also been instructed in the way of the Lord and spoke with great fervor. He could be a big beard man on the end of the street, really arguing or debating what he knew. How did he know about Jesus because he had become a disciple of John the Baptist and had the baptism of John. Now, sometimes we forget, John was baptising in water before Jesus came and baptising Jewish people um, and people who came and baptising them as a sign of being cleansed. This was the baptism that Apollos had received. But not the instruction that Jesus had died for him, being resurrected to save him and to being full forgiveness. And then the introduction of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That section of his discipleship had not happened. So we've got this guy who has got lots of knowledge of the Bible. Uh, it, s- it stood at that time. So all the Old Testament, all the prophets predicting Jesus coming, the knowledge of what John was saying of this is the man who is the Messiah, because God's told me to, and if you want to come and be baptized and be cleansed and start to believe that this is the Messiah, but, you know, that's, that's the knowledge I have. He had all that. But he didn't have that little switch which clicks it from intellectual knowledge to heart, life-changing knowledge. So he was a great debater about his subject, but perhaps just missing the warmth and the depth that makes it life-changing for the people who listen. Does that make sense? It's a bit like, I suppose, going to a lecture about somebody who's got a, a real interest, perhaps, in trains. they know everything about steam trains. They could talk for hours on steam trains. But at no point will they say something which will make you think, you know what? I think I might want to look into that a bit further. I might like to have a steam train in my back garden myself. Or whatever. Um, Somebody groaning on about their favourite sport, football, Formula One, whatever it might be. And then you saying, "You know what? I might want to go watch that one day." I put something controversial out there. It's a bit like going and taking a theology degree to get a piece of paper to say that you be a vicar, but have never met the person who is the reason that people want to come to church and the reason why there is such a thing as a church. You can be a professional intellectual in the scriptures but not have the adequate, as this version puts it, knowledge, intimate knowledge of Jesus. And that is what Priscilla and Aquila sit down with him and do. They share everything that Paul shared with them while making tents. Saying, you're brilliant. You can argue the fact the Messiah was going to come and point, this is what happened. But you're missing the the hook, the thing to say, but this was this guy and this is what then what happened and this is why. I'm not too sure I like the the way the NIV puts it, you know, Um, They use this word um, accurately, that's fine. There's another um, translation which also uses the word adequately. He hadn't been taught adequately about Jesus. Well, I don't want to have an adequate knowledge about Jesus. I want to have an intimate, accurate, living knowledge of Jesus. And that's what I think these two did. And then from that point, yeah, here we go. They, they took him into the, their home and they explained to him the way of Jesus more adequately. More dynamically, more understandably, more relatably, more life-changingly. would be possibly the way I would have written that. But they took him into their home, which I think is important. And then off he goes. He wants to go somewhere else and he was encouraged by the believers around him. And we're told when he was there, he was great help to those who by grace had believed. That's an interesting phrase. So was he the first, if you like, trained teacher of Jesus to arrive there? And by grace, this group of believers had heard and believed? I grew up in a Baptist church, as some of you well know. And we used to have the Baptist Missionary Society send missionaries every time. And I was always amazed by the ones who would sit there and say, yeah, we went down the the Amazon on our canoe and we came into this bit of jungle. We hacked through for three or four days and we came to this tribe who hadn't seen a white man, but they were sitting there and they were talking about Jesus. How had these people learned about Jesus if they'd never seen a missionary to come and bring them the word of Jesus? Well, the only way is the Holy Spirit engaging and by grace then being saved. Put it out there. And there he vigorously refuted his Jewish opponents in public debate. Now, this is where I'm going to hand over to you to get you talking about this. How equipped sometimes do we feel we are to vigorously? debate, and almost refute the voices that are coming at us, coming at our families, our kids, our neighbours, or from our neighbours, sometimes even from our families, of God's not relevant anymore. Being a Christian is outdated. In this modern society, you can't hold the views that the Bible is based on. Faith? Nah, it's not important. Truth? Well, that. That's flexible because whatever works for you works for you. This spirit of the modern age that believing in something is, yes, important, but is 100% flexible if it doesn't fit your lifestyle. Or you can backtrack of it if it gets a bit more difficult in the office or with your neighbours or in your family. Well, Apollos here was vigorously refuting from his knowledge of the scriptures, and from his more intimate knowledge of Jesus, introduced to him by Aquila and Apollos. I would like to suggest that as we look at these last few verses of this first, um, of this second journey, we have got a little model here of how, we engage, if you like, new believers, the taking in of someone who perhaps has some knowledge of God or belief system and then through relationship but also study, discussion, talk, understanding where they're coming from, we can reveal Jesus in a life-changing way. But on the flip side of that, still be courageous enough to be able to vigorously refute where they may hold a view which is not scriptural or um, a behavior which needs the intervention of the Holy Spirit. But be the people who are prepared to be As accepting and gracious to sit in their mess and talk to them about God. But also to be like Apollos, vigorously able to bring God in that situation. Does that make a sense? So, I'm going to throw it over to you. I'm going to give you, well, what are we? We're midday, so 15 minutes to chat about this. I'm not going to ask for feedback today. Okay? I'm going to do this slightly different because we normally get you feeding back and telling us what you've, you've learned. I think this is a bit more personal than that. We've got our normal questions. I like that bit. Don't like that bit. I've never seen that. I don't understand. That will change my life. You could do that. Or you can talk to the people around your table about actually this is quite scary stuff. Are we prepared to accept people into our lives and Explain to them this life-changing guy called Jesus. Live their life with them. Maybe it is you're doing that. And if you are, thank you. But doing that comes at a cost, and you may want the people around your table to pray with you or pray for the person you're engaging. It might be that you don't feel you're equipped to do that with someone. And you want the people around your table to pray for you about that. So take this 15 minutes. Have a chat to the people around your table around this whole set of verses and this idea of how we can be as open as Priscilla and Aquila were to Apollos and then as vigorous, if you like, as Apollos in defending or talking about our faith. If it means that you sit there and pray for 15 minutes, excellent. But it's over to you now. And then a quarter past, I'll wrap us up and close our service. Church, over to you. I know it's a bit unusual for us not to feed back. um, But I thought we will just do it a bit differently this week. So before we close in prayer, just a reminder that uh, I need five, ten minutes of anybody who can help me with Holiday Club. We're going to be in the Auckland's room, which is the room directly out here. Uh, Sue has reminded me that we will be having uh, lunch downstairs. For those of you who want to stay and visitors, you're very welcome to stay. Uh, No doubt it's soup and rolls and and cake. Soup, rolls and cake. Uh, You'll be more than welcome to stay. Let's close our morning with prayer. Father, I want to thank you that when you had this um, brainwave, if you like, of how you wanted to be in relationship with us, you spread it out and how we should be in relationship to, with each other. And the apostles and the disciples then took that and made this thing that we call church not something that is a badge of ownership, something that is relationship, something that is family, something is a place where we can sit and talk about the scriptures, about the bits that we perhaps don't like or even understand and that we find troubling and find the help of a fellow believer to help us understand them, very much like Priscilla and Aquila did with Apollos. Father, I pray that this week, your Holy Spirit will be work amongst us, that we will take what you wanted to tell us from this story, apply it to our lives, be faithful to what you're saying to us, and come back next week. May we have stories next Sunday of how these verses have changed our life this week. Lord, and salvation love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking part this morning. And holodeck up helpers, I need you.